This episode sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They didn't want us to read an ad, so this is not an ad. So shut up. So shut up. Enjoy. should be dead. My head's too shook to try to settle down. Okay. Teeth, teeth, so many teeth to bite. Now my favorite blue jeans have turned brown. I could have died tonight from such a dreadful fright. I hope I see the fiend no more. What was that hairy thing? Did it have bat-like wings? I've never seen the like before. I think I know what made it so damn frightening. And it just made my ass take flight. It was the part when he began to growl at me. I could have died, died, died. Tonight. You ran from me now. Ah! I need to feed now. You ought to be right dead. Still could die You're tired now. Tonight. You should be dead. It's such a red. My eyes are red. He stands. Turn out the light. And say goodnight. My door. Unlock the door and let me feast oh. upon your head. It's so disheartening. I hear your heart. I smell your fear. There isn't I'll drink your blood. Anything like it will be. Has you can't retreat. It's time to eat. I'll make your troubles and your body disappear. And now I know. What makes it so damn frightening? Please someone save me from my plight. <laughs> In actuality, Your time is nigh. The end is near. You're gonna cry. Eat me. I'm gonna cheer. I'm gonna die, die, die. You're absolutely gonna die. To <laughs> Maybe the door will hold oh, no, no, That's right. The return of the musical intro. <laughs> Thought you'd be rid of it for this season. <laughs> False. We got in under the line. 
Hi, everybody. My name's David Flora. And I am David Stecco. And together, we are Blurry Photos. Blurry Photos. Blurry Photos. Blurry Photos. Welcome to the last episode of Season 5. Yep. Kiss the ultimate. Kiss this fifth descent into madness goodbye. Put it behind you. Uh, We've got a longer break than normal planned, but we've got you covered, fam. That's right. We've got more things to put into that break than normal. So all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. We have some listener mail coming up. We've we've got Jeff, a return of of Jeff. Uh, Divod's going to be making an appearance. (laughs) We've got some ghost stories. Uh, We're going to take care of you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, plenty of shenanigans. But they're not going to be regular episodes like this. Uh, But they will be good. So hang with us and get ready for the launch of season six, which is already exciting, right? Only 660 more seasons to go until we get to like the really scary one. Right. The one the one we can be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make our dark master proud. Some business real quick. Now is the time. If you would like to join us in our uh, live stream. Booze-fueled Jesus help us take the wheel festival. Right. Uh, so that's the full... That's the full proper name. There'll be t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel festival. Uh, now's the time to jump on Patreon, sign up for the $20 Jack Slap level, and keep it uh, keep it on there. Card will be charged around the 1st of March, and you're golden. And, and yeah. then you can uh, watch us. I think it's what we say, the 11th, Saturday the 11th of March. Yes, Saturday the 11th is correct. So we'll probably be getting that started six-ish, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, you'll get an email once you sign up for it. But um, that's what you do, and uh, that's what we're going to do. So don't forget that, and now's the perfect time. Um, don't wait until the end of February. <laughs> you might not get in <laughs> if it's too late. You've got from now until the last day of February. Let's just say that. And that's, that's that last day of February, moving target. Yeah. I mean, it's not because it's not a leap year, but. You know, you don't know that. It, Off it, the top of your head, nobody knows that. Except it's for the it's squirreliest. Year, so it's an odd year, so it can't be. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. For f**k's sake, how about a podcast? I think that's all the business. Well, it doesn't matter. I just closed it. I mean, I just, I just put a. <laughs> I closed the blast door on business. <laughs> I think, uh, I think we got a real sick show for you, you guys. Oh, I get it. I see what you did, Dave. This is one that you've been. Uh, went to kick around for a while, huh? Yeah, yeah, mostly because I like rye whiskey so much and <laughs> something I'm always afraid of. <laughs> you should be, because uh, this episode we will be talking about ergotism. That's right, which is uh, which is how 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 people get angry when you say, "Well, cogito ergo sum," <laughs> and they get punched in the neck. <laughs> That's honestly that always pops into my head. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, yeah, that's right. I found this very fascinating, and I hope you guys will too. Strangely, it it sticks its foot in a lot of the buckets that we set out in the room. <laughs> well, we love a we love a, a a bucket obstacle course around here. Yeah. So, um, how's about we dive in? Do it. I'll start with a question. What do bread, dancing, saints, gangrene, LSD, and possibly the Salem witch trials all have in common? Is it a weekend party at Alex Jones's house? <laughs> no. There'd be no saints. Oh. 
but uh, but seriously, he does know how to blow the lid off a good time. <laughs> there, uh, I don't want to derail you, but the amount of the number of times that he mentions barbecue. <laughs> oh really? Weird. Yeah. Whenever whenever he's trying to connect, like with the common man, he's like, "Hey, I'm just like you. I'm uh, like on the weekends. I like to have a beer. I like to hang out at a barbecue." Like, like, like it's, it's his thing. He says every time he's trying to be an every man talks about how much he loves barbecue Weird. or a barbecue. <laughs> he was on Joe Rogan. Did you listen to it? I didn't, but I, I, I saw that he was on there and I saw that, that they, he just scared him a little bit. I saw really? a little video clip. I'm, uh, I think that, I'm going to listen to that episode, but haven't. Oh yeah. I'm go- absolutely going to, because. Uh, you know, I want to see him blow the lid off of Joe Rogan. <laughs> um, ergot could be the connecting factor in all this. Oh, stuff. Shit. it's a fungus among us, which ravaged Europe with epidemics off and on throughout the centuries and especially the middle ages and often with disastrous and fatal results. <gasps> it was poorly understood and thus poorly managed and is a leading suspect in such historical oddities as the dancing plague of 1518 and a theory has been put forth of it being a contributing factor to the start of the Salem witch trials. Well, I thought that that was just uh, uh, assholeism. A combination. A little from column A, a little from column B. It's an interesting and somewhat obscure disease that we thought it'd be fun to tell you about. And uh, we'll be looking at what ergot is, how it ravaged medieval towns throughout the ages, and the links between it and some of the fun stuff we've covered. Sound good, Darv? Uh, you know what? I think you've done your homework. <laughs> oh, God. I think it's going to be okay. First, though, I would like to start with some uh, history. Going to go through history of it, and then I think we'll swing back around to uh, some science and then uh, cast a line back time, to some we, history. We might just... just- Tell some stories and run out of time and just leave you hanging. Look out. Watch out. You never know what we're going to do. It's the end yeah. of the season. Who knows? Yeah. Loose cannons. I mean, are we, are we, are we going to go? Mavericks. I mean, are we going to like treat this like our last final proud hurrah of the fifth season? Or are we going to like pull a senior skip day bullshit and be like, F off assistant principal listener. <laughs> yeah. We're out. <laughs> Now the mascot cow is up in that tower. What are you going to do? <laughs> Hope you like all these pizzas we had delivered. <laughs> God. Be a real shame if you hated lots of bras everywhere. <laughs> oh, nerdlinger, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> the assistant principal <laughs> listener. <laughs> oh, that's right. The listener. <laughs> Yeah, what what a shitty move if we were to be like, and then the 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 ghost came up the stairs, and you'll find out more next next season on Blurry oh, Photos. That's the see, that's the kind of dick move that I think would be hilarious that you would stop me from doing. Just <laughs> everyone should know um, that Flora is the hero of the people, and I am the villain of the people, <laughs> except for Boise. Then it's reversed. Oh. But other than that, it's I get to be the hero of Florida. I got the better hero. <laughs> yeah, you're Florida man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Histoire. So, history first. Uh, as you know, Dave, disease was no stranger to medieval life. Yeah. Likewise, treatment was almost as fatal as an ailment, turning 
a simple arrow to the knee into the end of your adventuring days, possibly your life. (laughs) Heavy hitters such as the bubonic plague, smallpox, and typhus wiped out populations by 30 to 60% at a time, and those afflicted suffered awfully. But a different and perhaps more agonizing disease ebbed and flowed for hundreds of years, inflicting terrible anguish on humans and animals alike. It came to be known as Cooties! Cooties! (laughs) And until the circle and the dot were invented, no one was safe. (laughs) The thing thing is this. You couldn't possibly have children touch each other. That's how it spreads, people. <laughs> Cootie. It came to be known as ergotism, but remained a mystery long before its true form was discovered, what it, what it actually was. So here we'll lay out a brief history of its effects, uh, and then we'll get into what it is and how it's been tracked through the ages and such. The early history of the disease is uh, laid out succinctly by Dr. Paul Schiff Jr. I know what you were hoping for, but... This Paul Schiff Sr. had nothing to do with this. Yep. He's a cool dude, but he didn't do the he didn't do the homework. So rip in peace. Son. Number three, Paul Schiff. <laughs> Can't stand number eight, Schiff Jr. They called him the extractor. <laughs> no reason. Extrapolator. <laughs> uh, so Dr. Paul Schiff Jr. Uh, wrote in the American Journal of Pharmaceutical Education. Flora, I need your strongest Schiff. All right. The earliest authenticated reports of the effects of ergot occurred in Chinese writings in approximately 1100 BC when the substance was used in obstetrics. A magic spell found in a small temple in Mesopotamia during... I can't... This is the worst choice. (laughs) In Mesopotamia. I think this is a great voice. Okay. Dating to 1900 to 1700 BC, referred to Mehru as a possible cause of the disease, while Sumerian clay tablets of the same period described another cause as Simona. Hmm. Hmm. So the what it, it would turn out it was Simona. She's a real vicious bee. That that's Simona. Assyrians of around 600 BCE even noted a toxicity that could cause the disease. Uh, they are thought to be the earliest identifications of ergotism, but the first actual documented case of it was in 857 A.D., or common era, however you go to church, uh, in the Rhine Valley of Germany. Germany. Which is why it's called Germany, is it's where they found the first germ. Um, because of the burning sensations in the extremities that were experienced by the victims of this disease and the belief that it was a punishment from God, which it was, it was called Saker Ignis, or Holy Fire, although Saker in Latin can also be accursed, which is much more metal and, honestly, a little bit more descriptive in this case. Doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't hurt. It doesn't change what's happening. <laughs> uh The victim's toes, fingers, arms, and legs often become blackened as a result of gangrene, which led to death from subsequent infections. Uh, In other forms of the the same disease, the victims often suffered from convulsions, hallucinations, pain, sweating, salivation, tingling, aches, tinnitus, vomiting, diarrhea, and a whole host of other secondary hideous afflictions. 
Because yeah. once once your limbs start dying while they're still attached to you, it's it's open season on horrible stuff. I mean, everybody comes a calling. It's open sourcing. <laughs> you win. You burn. Uh, we'll get back to this where we say the uh, the gangrene and in other forms of the disease. We'll we'll explain that in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But just know all this stuff's on the table. You're right. Yeah, including. It's- nerve damage not even you don't even feel it when these things fall off right <laughs> which i guess which which i would imagine would be part of that burning sensation it would be the 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 dying of the nerves in a, right. in a limb yeah that's exactly it and some people related it to like f- like freezing burn too like a like Ooh. so so cold it 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 burns you know what i mean so cool it's hot ergotism right. yow <laughs> So an epidemic of ergotism broke out in 944 and around 20,000 people in the Aquitaine region of France died from this holy fire. Holy fire. This fire is holy. Another outbreak occurred between 1085 and 1095 in France, prompting the nobleman Gaston de Valois to set up a hospital near the church of St. Anthony at La Motte Saint-Didier. Look who's so European. (laughs) (laughs) The hospital order, known as Hospital Brothers of St. Anthony, tended to pilgrims who journeyed to the church, but quickly became known for their care of those afflicted with this holy fire. Holy fire! I keep wanting (laughs) to sing Holy Diver. Right? (laughs) (laughs) It eventually became known as St. Anthony's Fire, where hands, feet, and whole limbs would swell producing a violent, burning pain that ultimately culminated in the separation of a dry, gangrenous limb, usually a foot, at a joint, without pain or loss of blood. Hey, sorry everybody, we didn't put a spoiler alert in this one. I, I realize it ah. might, might be a little hard in the paint for some. Yeah. I guess. Paint could, paint could be harder. Le- leather up, buttercups. <laughs> you, you bunch of assistant principals. <laughs> You spend too much time in your office complaining <laughs> about loud music. It's time for you to get your hands dirty. <laughs> Nobody needs grammar, you a-hole. <laughs> this order, recognized by black attire with blue taus, or uh, the, the Greek letter tau, or crosses, eventually grew into a major European network of hospices and aimed to recover patients from disease and restore their social, mental, and religious well-being. The bone relics of St. Anthony were used to strain the St. Venage, a holy herbal wine, although someone estimated that there were about five wine-soaked skeletons distributed throughout the medieval network at the time. Everybody had, a, had some bones. Everybody was straining that wine through them. You got any of that bone wine? <laughs> oh. The wine was effective as a pain reliever due to its alcohol content, duh, and analgesic effects, and it's thought the recipe was, let's say, in line with the herbal advice from the Antidotarium Nicolae, which was a, uh, it was a book of recipes and pharmaceutical uh, odds and ends at the time, which was no stranger to including opium as an ingredient. Why not, man? If you want it to work, bro. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a fun fact for you, Dave. I love fun facts. As Catholic custom necessitated the complete bodily burial in preparation of the resurrection, uh, any amputated limbs, either spontaneous or surgically removed, 
remained with the suffering patient. Upon death, oh, the patient... You get to walk away with a free gift. <laughs> right. Thumbs up. <laughs> if you got it. <laughs> uh, upon death, the, pa- the patient could then be interred whole, or often, as was the case, the recovered patient would gift the lost limb to an Antonine altar or shrine. A number of the limbs would be displayed in the entrance portals for convenient retrieval when the last judgment occurred. Except for the wangs. Wangs are <laughs> off the table. Yeah. So we keep so, those we keep those next to the guns. <laughs> which we haven't invented yet. <laughs> so so if you live to tell about this, you could say, Hey man, I don't need this foot. I don't need this this hand. Why don't why yeah. don't you guys keep it just uh, you know, to show the good work you're doing and also just keep it out in the open so when when that that trumpet sounds I can bust through the door get my hand and be yeah. off to heaven <laughs> I got to grab that thing in a hurry no time for dilly dally or dibble dabble or j- blither blather or any <laughs> two words that rhyme no time for any of it I love that god god'll be like well if you didn't bring it with you you probably didn't care that much about it so yeah no no left foot for you for eternity. St. Peter's like, okay, let's see. John of Leon. Excuse me. Where is your left foot? Yeah. I asked for all of John of Leon. <laughs> or as much John of Leon as you could muster. <laughs> oh, it's right here. Caught in me tunic. Oh, oh perfect, perfect. My yeah, mistake. So sorry. Come on in. You wouldn't believe how many people don't have their severed limbs. I mean, it's it's, it's embarrassing. embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's your halo. Now, outbreaks uh, of the disease continue to come and go, uh, and the 19th century German physician, Dr. August Hirsch, Hirsch, I like Hirsch, uh, calculated an epidemic occurring somewhere in Europe on an average of every 10 years or so. Uh, his estimate was about 130 events between 591 and 1879. Now, we've mentioned that there were a couple of forms of this disease. Uh, in particular, there are two. One is gangrenous. That's the uh, the limbs burn, you know, burning sensation. St. Anthony fire. Turning black, and, and, and then it all goes downhill from there. Uh, the other is the convulsive hallucinatory version of it. Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into a lot more discussion about this in a little bit. But this is the one that has the the uh, the dancing, the convulsions, the hallucinations, the vomiting, um, and, and, the diarrhea, the, the everything, yeah. like everything except it's everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> everything but disease. <laughs> um, but the the important thing to know here is that this was not a question of how a person t- uh, reacted to it. These are actually two different. Uh, varieties of the same uh, agent, right? Just, just to, I, I just want to put that out there, just for the purposes of clarification, that they are both ergotism, two genetic um, peas in a pod. There, exactly. And peas are not involved. Yeah, it's like it's like the it's like those two different kinds of herpes you have, Flora. Oh they, yeah, they, they're they're kind of you know they're both herpes, but they they affect you in two different ways. Yeah, one's herpes and one's herpes. <laughs> Haunted herpes. <laughs> Wait oh, a minute. It's so, embar- <laughs> it's so embarrassing to be at a dinner party and have my pants start to, to and have my pants start to moan. 
Good lord. <laughs> what is that coming out of her nose? Space balls? I don't, I don't know. Uh, perhaps one of the oddest recorded uh, events in history of this happened in 1518 in Strasbourg, France. Um, while it is not explicitly an example of ergotism, it's, it's still unknown, mm-hmm. uh, the theory has been put forth that the dancing plague of 1518 was, uh, was caused by ergotism. It's, it's one of the theories. It began when a woman started shaking her damn groove thing in the middle of the street. Now, reports are sporadic about this. People, it's not known if there was a ramp. I assume that there was a ramp and that she was strutting up and down it. Sure. Terrifying the populace. (laughs) Oh, don't eat enough green leafy things. My gums are swollen. Gonna do it backwards. Wait. She was French. <laughs> do it all over. Shit. Yeah, right, yeah, just, oh, God. No, it's inaccurate. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, so she started, uh, she started getting her freak on in the middle of the street. And Flora, I want you to know that she did not stop until she got enough. Spoiler, she never got enough. <laughs> For almost a week, she shaked her little tush on the catwalk. Oh, for, in fact, she was too sexy for Strasbourg. <laughs> yeah, she did not stop her frenetic dancing, twirling, and, and general flipping out. And soon, rather than mob her over, which I kind of, back in the day, I mean, it didn't take much to incite a bunch of violence against an individual, I don't feel like. And maybe that's just my, like, back in the day, 17, yeah, f***ing A. Once again, we are like three episodes in a row where we have to remind ourselves that nothing, nothing has changed. changed. <laughs> so right. Uh, so yeah, what I don't understand is why she didn't get tackled, but she didn't. As a matter of fact, like a flash mob, uh, people started joining her, and which made people think, oh man, this is they were really dedicated to this. It's yeah. really coming together. Uh, 34 people ended up joining her and dancing with her within that week. And after a month... 400 any Camus loving motherfucking hot steppers turned it up. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Officer. <laughs> and you know what? They still love you like that <laughs> to this day. People apparently could not help themselves and danced until they suffered exhaustion, heart attacks, strokes, and other maladies of this. Boy, howdy. You really? <laughs> I, I kind of went off on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Other maladies related to this nonstop Nickelback party. Uh, Are are you laughing because I said it or because you love your own joke? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Physicians actually ruled out any supernatural causes, which I I have to imagine was like 80% of the fight. (laughs) Right. But they, uh, they actually said it was hot blood, hot blood coming through. Look out, here comes here comes some hot blood. Making the whole shack shimmy and told everyone to get more footloose, Dave. Dance what? more. You got oh, so they they had to like burn it all out. They had to like yeah. shimmy it out of them. It's like when you have kids that are uh, hyperactive. Yeah. Let them run, man. Let them run. And that's <laughs> and then like 2 hours later you're like, "Why are you still running?" <laughs> right? 
Yeah, you. It is the greatest disappointment to think that you can like tire out a child because they're they nope. The greatest uh, disappointment nope. is is knowing that you have no idea how to harvest that energy. Right? Yeah. And and the thing is, is the kids they don't they 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 will not be harvested the minute they suspect you're putting their energy to use. They'll, they'll just change everything up. <laughs> I, I've instituted a game called uh, uh, Kitchen Laps. We get my nieces to just run laps around the kitchen. And I, I can get them up to about 15 before they start to realize that, that I'm up to no good. It's a lot of yeah. Um So what they did was they opened up buildings for people to dance in and even built a wooden stage and paid musicians to play for them. <laughs> Doctor, thank God you're here. I've done everything I can to get him to the stop. What? Oh, no, 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 no. Just the opposite, my, my good man. Give them more room to dance. Frolic, my diseased children. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, this dancing plague lasted from July to September when those left boogie and were loaded on a cart and taken to a healing shrine. Now... I kind of get the idea. I kind of get the impression that they're like, all right, throw these assholes on a wagon and dump them over the cliff. <laughs> yeah, no sh. All right, that's enough. Yeah. Put them in the wagon. No, no, no. It's a party bus, guys. You'll love it. <laughs> We're going to take you to a bigger stage. <laughs> it's, uh, it's still a mystery why it happened. But, you know, a couple things have been thrown out there. One is that it was mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. Um, brought on by the stresses of the time, you know, like famine, like just waking up and dying at any given point. <laughs> Which is such a weird way. Like, I'm sick and tired of not having enough to eat, so I'm going to get real active. I'm going to get <laughs> yep. so active, you sons of bitches. <laughs> I'm not going to eat or drink for days. <laughs> I'll show that famine. I also, just keep in mind, they had to wake up to die. Nobody died in their sleep. That, that would have been too easy. Right. There's also the thought that they were cultists, that it was like a uh, um, kind of like Sufi dancing, you know? Or Okay, like the like whirling dervish kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah. Like they, they, it was a traveling trance group. Huh. Some people buy into this theory. I don't know that I do personally, but there are Sufis. There are. Yeah. You know, well, there's there's a couple of different cultures that have like a, a, a physicalized trance, you know, that that kind of behavior that gets you into that. Sure. Which this this also could be, you know, like we're it's important to say that that we're bringing it up because a lot of people point this in the direction of ergotism. Ergotism absolutely exists. We're not saying that the dancing plague was ergotism. Right. You know, right. So we're just but you you cannot research this subject without coming up against it and so we present it to you as well yeah so so the last theory would be ergotism with its convulsions and hallucinations it uh, it's it's a very convenient fit i guess for for why why people just why a a, a mass of people got into right. this you know in the same region i mean like i said you 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 nailed it like there's so many reasons for a person to, to, to. I mean, not a not not only be miserable, but so many stressors that a person in that at that time 
and yeah, this is, I mean, there's a reason we're talking about it, you know, almost exactly 500 years later. Yeah. You know, it is pretty unique, but you know, there's a lot of things that can cause it and it could, you know, it could only have been partially that, you know, uh, I, I do like, I do like that the doctor was like, more dancing, never yeah. stop the beat. Everyone, don't stop until you get enough. <laughs> Come on. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> now, this, this was not the only dancing plague in history. However, it, it may be the most deadly. But then again, there's, there's a couple, couple out there that did lead to some fatalities. Uh, according to another German physician, Justus Hecker, many dancing plagues uh, or manias occurred in history. And in his book, The Black Death and the Dancing Plague, he writes, Dave, will you give me a, a Justus Hecker? Oh, yeah, I will. So early as the year 1374, assemblages of men and women were seen at Isle Champel, who had come out of Germany, and who, united by one common delusion, exhibited to the public both in the streets and in the churches the following strange spectacle. They formed circles hand in hand, and appearing to have lost all of controlling of their sense, continued dancing, regardless of the bystanders or the, or the money they waved, or the tips, or the buckets of water, or the cat guts, or the fish heads, or, or the general look of disregard by the youths, or the hours together, and in vile delirium. <laughs> They continued to dance for hours together in vile delirium until at length they fell to the ground in a state of complete sublime exhaustion. They then complained of extreme oppression and groaned as if in the agonies of death like the little hipsters until they were swathed in cloths bound tightly around their waists upon which they again recovered and said thank you for the belt. <laughs> from then they remained free from complaints until the next attack. So, uh, I mean, aren't we all remaining free from complaint until the next attack? Yeah, yeah, we are. You're right, Justus. <laughs> well, I guess that's it for me. He went on to say, Oh, while dancing, they never saw nor heard, being insensible to the external impressions through the senses. Thus, them ignoring the cat guts and the fish heads. But they were haunted by visions, their fancies conjuring up spirits whose names they shrieked out, and some of them afterwards asserted that they felt as if they had been immersed in a stream of blood, Gross. which obliged them to leap so very high. Others, during the paroxysm, saw the heavens open and the Savior enthroned with the Virgin Mary. There was no blood in that one. According as the religious notions of the age were strangely and variously reflected in their imaginations. People of all types were given to this plague, and even the villainous sought to capitalize on those afflicted. This is one of my favorite parts. Is this the same guy? Yeah. Boy, howdy. Okay. Gangs of idle vagabonds who understood how to imitate to the life the gestures and convulsions of those really afflicted roved from place to place seeking maintenance and adventures. <laughs> it's like, like they were looking for like pirate treasure and also door frames that were squeaky. <laughs> 
we were, uh, we lived in the woods as merry criminals, but also sometimes we would fix a wagon wheel. You know, we just looked for adventures and maintenance. <laughs> That's a weird, weird sentence. Um, and thus, wherever they went, spreading this disgusting spasmodic disease like a plague. For in maladies of this kind, the susceptible are infected as easily by the appearance as by the reality. Okay, so that would make me feel like this is more of like a mass... Uh, uh, not hallucination. But hysteria, kind of. Yeah, that's yeah. That definitely weighs far more to the the, the hysteria. Yeah. Explanation. That book was written in the 1880s, so keep keep that in mind. Yeah, they can play in too. But uh, yeah, isn't that funny? I uh, let's Dave. Let's start a band called the Idle Vagabonds. Right. <laughs> oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to bring you some maintenance as well as some adventures. <laughs> now. Who's got a cell phone they won't change the ringtone on? Bring it on up. Bring it on up. We're going we're gonna to set you right. Who's got a purse strap that's broke? Anybody here, whole, uh, anybody here heard tell about maybe like some buried gold or something? Because we're into that too. This next one is about uh, uh, ancient Cherokee legend. <laughs> it's called an adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the Idle Bike Bonds. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty great. Uh, other accounts include 1237, when a hundred children suddenly began dancing at Erfurt along the road to Arnstadt, and upon arriving, fell exhausted. Erfurt! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Not Erfurt! Some died, and the survivors were afflicted with tremors for life, apparently. In Utrecht, in 1278, 200 people began dancing wildly on a bridge, and you can guess where this is going. Yeah. Klingle, klingle, crash, 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 crying, crong. <laughs> yep, that's right. They're going to kill Chris Kringle <laughs> and they're going to put him into a can crusher. It's uh, pretty sick. Pretty need, sick. Need more onomatopoeia, Dave. Um, <laughs> the bridge uh, uh, collapsed, killing many of them. Now, uh, something I'll throw in here real quick nursery rhymes could have been born out of this stuff. In particular, I want to say uh, one of the one of the ones I read about was um, four and twenty blackbirds b- baked into a pie. Something something pocket full of rye. Remember that? Uh, I'm gonna look it up. Oh, it's the sing a song of sixpence. That's it. Pocket sing a song of, of sixpence. A pocket full of rye. And then four and twenty blackbirds. Yep. baked into a pie. So I don't know if it's just the pocket full of rye that. Uh, that causes people to link this with ergotism, but that's that's just thrown out there. The other is the Pied Piper of Hamelin, uh, and I didn't I didn't go down this path to look into it, you know, for the origins and stuff. But obviously, a hundred kids suddenly dancing down the road to a different town, some of them dying. That uh, that falls in line pretty well with the old Pied Piper legend, you know. Yeah, but I think people have tied that legend also to uh, the plague and and things like that as well. Have you heard of that? Not not like with the Pied Piper necessarily, but um, I, it, this is this is such a tough thing because uh, it's a it's a disease you know um, not not unlike say the tarantella. Oh yeah, you can arrive at the same symptoms from about ten different ways, 
And so it's it's really hard to say. Well, if they they all went somewhere, you know, they all danced. You know, any if, is is any reference to mass dancing suddenly now potentially on radar? Well, yeah, it is. You have to look at it, but it's it you can also lead you astray far more often than it leads you to to, to ergotism. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a it's a tough thing to. I mean, historically, it's hard to track. I yeah, think. I feel like the Pied Piper came up. Very briefly in the research we did for Christmas monsters, I saw something about somebody to avoid that was Pied Piper esque, like he would lead children away. And I shouldn't even bring it up because I don't remember what it was. But uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, but it's, interesting. It's, that's right. Super fun. Uh, ju- as I said, uh, this is also tied uh, to Tarantism, which is a dancing mania from southern Italy in which the supposed bite of a wolf spider could cause death unless the victim danced into a nonstop frenzy, um, which you might have heard the fast tempo folk dance known as the Tarantella. And, um, and, and is, it, is it accurate to say that's where Tarantula comes from? It is. Uh, tarantula is the species, and, and it, the wolf spider is not... Tarantula, but Tarantula, Tarant, you know, it's it's all interconnected no, no, no. in there. Right. I'm pretty sure it's just a different genus, right? Yeah, so the, the wolf spider is Lycos Tarantula. Yeah. So, and that becomes the Tarantola and goes from there. So, there you go. But yeah, spider. And um, a common Tarantula you may know is the... Hey! You know that one? Yeah. Well, I really, uh, that instantly whipped me into a frenzy. Hi. Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's wrong with me? Um, people had some ideas what was happening, and people were, you know, not as clueless about the, the origin of this as, as you might think. Uh, keep in mind, this is the Middle Ages, uh, during which we have the, uh, the Inquisition and um, a lot more... Uh, just like what we were joking about earlier, a lot more people explaining things with the supernatural Uh, witches and the devil are blamed for causing disease, which causes demonic possession and witchcraft coinciding with the presence of ergotism in the very same geographical regions. Uh, Spasms were attributed to demons and visions were said to be planted there by witches. So uh, I guess you can kind of feel the, the, the gravity well of where this is going to head to. Oh yeah. And it pops up even here and there, even well into the 20th century, including a nasty epidemic, uh, a nasty epidemic in uh, 1951 in the French commune of Pont saint esprit where 250 people got sick, seven of which died. Uh, they became violently ill with symptoms of severe gastrointestinal upset, dramatic reduction in body temperature, hallucinations, euphoria, and suicidal ideation. Within days, some became extremely delirious and others complained of excruciating burning pains in the extremities, culminating in the development of gangrene in some of the patients. Ugh. I don't know how much, you can't get much more uh, clear than that. <laughs> can't get much more gross? Mm. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> All right, so we, we've taken you through history and some of the quote-unquote fun stuff <laughs> that, that's happened. It's not, it's, it's terrible. Let's let's tell you about what is going on here, Dave. Let's let's get into what the hell is causing this to happen in people. Is it Bring is it. it is it just the spirit of the dance that's that's it's getting the in? Youth. And, it's the youth that got the devil in their feet. We got to get them out of this town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't until 1670 
that a French physician, Dr. Thulier, theorized that it was not an infectious disease, but due to the consumption of rye infected with ergot. Now, ergot is a fungal infection of grass and cereal that results from wind-carried spores germinating in receptive developing grains. It wasn't until 1711 that it was formally recognized as a fungus, and then it was named Claviceps purpurea in 1853. So it took it a while to even get figured out what the hell was going on. Even after they said, okay, it's coming from the rye. It was still like 200 years before they like put a stamp on it. Right. And well, and this is kind of how like a lot of uh, medical knowledge was known then. I mean, the best you do is you're like, well, everyone who's eating the rye's got it. We don't have, uh, you know, the, the, the equipment here or, or the knowledge to really go past that. So l- yeah. look out. Look out for that. <laughs> look out. <laughs> look out. Look out over there. Rye is the most predominant host, but it can infect wheat, spelt, oats, pearl millet, and barley. And it flourishes in cold, wet environments. And you can see the link between outbreaks in regions where the climate is damp or where maybe swamps or bogs have been drained to make room Mm -hmm. for farmland. That happened a lot. Continental Europe's dramatic ergot epidemics apparently followed harvest seasons, uh, which climaxed in August and September. So they can look back and say people were going crazy because there was this epidemic that happened. But look, there's a pattern that's coming out here. This happened just after harvesting. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a very wet, rainy summer, or they, they built it on an old swamp. You know, it was already gross. <laughs> and you know, what? I think we've talked about that before. There's a lot of uh, different diseases or things like that, that you can uh, trace just by looking at weather patterns and tree rings and seeing how, uh, how wet a spring was and, and then correlating that, you know, they had a, uh, what they call uh, hantavirus pulmonary syndrome, the four corners disease. Hantavirus. Uh, haunted virus. <laughs> um, but, you know, people thought that that thing just popped up in the 90s out of nowhere. Truth be told, it had been killing people for hundreds of years in that part of the country. Um, and even uh, some of the local Native Americans, uh, like their their legends and their, their written records were like, no, if you have a wet spring, you're going to get a lot of pin nut, uh, pinion nuts. And that means the next fall, so people are going to die. Ugh. Like they, they made that correlation because the mice eat the pinion nuts. The, uh, the, the virus is in their, their urine. It crystallizes when they dries. It gets inhaled, goes into the lungs, and boom. Yeah. So uh, ergot, when you see it um, uh, as, as an actual infection on the plant, like in the case of uh, rye, it makes the, the seed stalks look black. I mean, honestly, what it most reminds me of is that thing we were talking about with the jackalope, those those horn-like warts. But yeah, it darkens the seed. It's, it's black or very dark purple. Um, even while I was just looking up images of it, there was an interesting uh, scientific article that was uh, about sorghum ergot and how um, from the first time they saw it in 1995, that it actually was found globally within three years. Eek. Yeah, yeah, that shit was not messing around. Um, and sorghum ergot just looks like someone blew their nose on the plant. It's just like <laughs> kind of grayish white goo all over the place. It's kind Ugh. of cool to look up, though. So if you get a chance, uh, take a look at what some of the different uh, you know ergots look like and um, be careful 
because you're gonna get uh, you're you're gonna get a little a couple of gangrenous hands in there. Mm, you know, yeah. so yeah. So for so you know, fair warning, you're gonna get lots of pictures of grain, a couple of pictures of purple hands. They're a little bit phallic too, and, and that's been brought up through uh, through the years when they finally you know recognized that there was something going on with their grains. Uh, they're like little little purple things on there. I don't I, I don't see anything that looks Wang like. There are you can find them. I and I shouldn't say well, that because it's like looking. confirmation. I don't want to stop looking. But no, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the, the Wikipedia entry entry for Erg. It has pictures of all of it. I mean, listen, Flora, I'm not here to unpack your problems, and I'm not here to be the guy who interprets your Rorschach test, which you failed, by the way. I don't see anything particularly penile. But that doesn't mean it's not out there. It's the picture that has the thing says stroma. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that, and I did not feel like it was particularly wangy. But, you know, if that's what you want to find, Flora, then, you know, I, I'm not going to. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I mean, I'll say this. I don't, I genuinely don't feel like it looks wildly phallic, but. Not wildly, but, but you know, but people I also, have. <laughs> you know, but that's, hey. If it's a straight uh, thing. People are going to say, hey, phallic. That's true. Anyway. Um, and as you will see, if you decide to do a uh, uh, Google image search, animals can also be affected by it. Uh, according to the American Journal of Pharmaceutical Education, you, you remember that guy? Remember those guys? <laughs> you want me to do this? <laughs> of course I do. It has been speculated that the 4,000-year-old Eleusinian mysteries of ancient Greece were connected with ergot-induced hallucinations. By 600 BC, writings on an Assyrian tablet alluded to a noxious pustule in the ear of grain. References to grain diseases have also been found in various books of the Bible in the Old Testament. In 550 BC, the Hearst Papyrus of Egypt described a particular preparation in which a mixture of ergot, oil, and honey was recommended as a treatment for hair growth. In 370 BC, Hippocrates furnished a description of corn blight and subsequently described ergot as melanthian, noting its use to halt postpartum hemorrhage. Around 350 BC, the Parsi wrote of noxious grasses that cause pregnant women to drop the womb and die in childbed. While in 322 BC, Aristotle postulated that grain rust was caused by warm vapors. Around 286 BC, the Greeks concluded that barley was more susceptible than wheat to rust infections, and that windy fields had less rust than damp, shady, low-lying ones. Mm. Boy, you know what I would have liked? Because there was there were some quotes within quotes there. But I was not about to ask you to do... That guy's voice doing someone else's voice. <laughs> Although it would have been great. Which that makes sense though. A, a windy field does not make for a really good place for a fungus to take hold. True. However, a damp, shady, low lying one, much easier. Fungus town. Yeah. What'd you take me to? <laughs> Up through the eighteenth century, botanists persisted in considering ergot to be a Super rye, possessing an enlarged kernel. Uh, interest, uh, interestingly, medicinal folk knowledge includes includes uses for ergot, just like uh, what Hippocrates was saying. Uh, in Norwegian folk medicine, ergot water was, ad, was advised for a hernia. 
Powdered ergot was used by midwives in the 1500s to induce contractions, accelerate labor, quelling postpartum hemorrhage, <coughs> and decrease the likelihood of a young mother dying in childbirth. It was also used in producing abortions. However, the non-standard quality of it frequently produced unreliable results, unintended poisoning, and negative outcomes from overdoses. Gee, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Could, uh, you could which, stop that post-mortem um, bleeding. Of course, you'll, you'll also have your foot fall off. Maybe you'll dance on a bridge until it collapses, but hey, you're not bleeding. Oh, okay. So I just kind of looked up the method of action, and it looks like it's a vasoconstrictor. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Which is which would make sense. That's why you're getting limb die-offs. But again, vasoconstrictor for a postpartum hemorrhage. That would that would work. Uh, one of the problems exacerbating ergotism was that rye was cheap and often the only sustainable food source for peasants. People had no choice in what to eat or to discontinue eating contaminated rye or wheat. Contaminated beer was common following epidemic years as mycotoxins from using ergot-infected rye or barley uh, were able to survive the malting and brewing process and remain active for over a year. So even, you know, even if you realize that your rye or barley is infected, you can't just sell it down the street to the brewer and think, well, they, they boil that stuff. Yeah, they'll, they'll burn it out. No. It's crazy. Whoops. Yeah. I mean, now you'd pay you'd pay extra for beer that could make you hallucinate. Isn't that just nuts though? I mean, that's like the only thing these people had to eat and it was either okay, I'll eat this, run the risk of getting ergotism, which would be a horrific, right, you know, death at best. If not, I'm going to be limbless, you know, cuz there's some stories of people who had all their limbs fall off and so they were basically quadriplegic. Or go without food, <laughs> period. Right? Yeah, it's it's all well and good to be like, guys, this might not be safe, and I know you're starving, and there's this food right here, but guys, it might not be safe, so please don't eat any, any of it, and I know you're starving. Bye-bye. Ugh. Most of these people subsisted on gruel. You know, it's just this yeah. stuff mashed up and paste, pasted. And they don't know. That's the thing. It, it, for forever and ever, they, they just didn't know that it was their grain supply that was mm-hmm. doing it to them, you know? It was getting them. And, and you never really hear of this happening to the uh, nobility or anything, you know, because they had meat to eat. Right. Yeah. They're like, uh, grain? <laughs> Do you mean that side dish? What is now France was the center of many of these severe epidemics because rye was the staple crop of the poor. And the cool, wet climate was conducive for the development of ergot. Ergot infection of rye was more likely during these wet periods because the rye flower remained open longer, which provided more opportunity for the fungus to infect the flower. The regular rye grain and the hard, purplish-black, grain-like ergot produced by the fungus were harvested and ground together during milling. Then the flour produced was uh, contaminated with the toxic alkaloids of the fungus. So it, it basically made it to where you, unless you were looking for it, you know, it all kind of ground together. You didn't see it. Although I think that when you ground that together, it uh, made the flour darker. It, ha- it would yeah. have to, right? So yeah. some people said, oh, give me some of that red bread or give me some of that like dark, dark purple bread. And then people would get ergotism, and then they'd be like, I don't give a shit. 
I love the taste of that ergot bread. Give me that. <laughs> so they you they, can't save people. Yeah, they they literally were like, it tastes better. I want it. Get drop all my limbs off. I don't give a. F- I want that deep dark purple red. That bread is so bread. good. I'll, I'm literally gonna give you my arms and legs for it. <laughs> yeah. So some people developed a little bit of a taste of that ergot. No weird. Yeah, that is you, super weird. You're right. You just you you can't win, man. Um, you know what though? I mean, I would love it though if that was something in the ergot, like a like a a, a mechanism that to made propagate the person, it. Yeah, that made the person want to eat it more because. Um, you know, one thing we haven't talked about, and I think we should have it in its own whole separate episode because it's so fascinating, is, um, you know, ergotism. No, we're doing an episode right now on it, dude. That's right. We're doing an episode right now. <laughs> uh, is in the claviceps family, but the cordyceps family of fungus. Um, and if you're not familiar with it, is this amazing fungus that attacks insects and our other arthropods, spiders as well, it has a few different uh, specific uh, genus and species that uh, are specialized for different, uh, uh, different arthropods, but it actually infects them, changes their behavior. It, it takes over their brain, makes them act in a, in a manner that is totally inconsistent with their normal behavior, which is a hell of a trick because yeah. insects are programmed. So, for example, for ants, it'll make them climb up to the highest point it can get to then lock its jaws on something before it dies, and then the uh, the fungus feeds on the inside of the insect. It's, it bursts out <laughs> and forms these amazing little fungal stalks. And by because it creates, uh, because it forces the uh, the insect to go to a high place, then the spores spread even further. And it's it, it, it's just such an amazing. It just completely hijacks the host creature, which is pretty unique. And and it's you know plenty of of smart folks have have used it as a means of explaining say zombies uh yeah. you know what is it the the game the last of us kind of blames a cordyceps type thing that book uh, actually i just read it a couple of weeks ago uh the girl with all the gifts has a, a cordyceps type fungal zombie uh anyway we'll, we'll come back to it but uh, i'm just saying it's not outside the the realm of possibility that a fungus would have some sort of little mechanism in there to to kind of steer the host to doing what it wants uh uh life uh finds a way and another thing to consider uh different soil types for example acid sulfur soils affect the ergot's mycotoxin profile which then influences reported symptoms. So depending on the region you're in, you could get di- different symptoms as well. Oh, and that's what we were talking about. Now the it's the genetic structure that causes you to get the gangrenous ergotism or the convulsive ergotism. Mm-hmm. Ergot produces more than 200 clearly recognized compounds. For example, lysergic acid derivatives. Yeah, you can see where this is going, uh, including a diverse array of toxins that can compromise a staggering 0.5% of sclerodia dry weight. That's a lot of sclerodia. Whoa. Can you look up sclerodia for me? I forgot to. (laughs) (laughs) It's a compact mass of hardened fungal mycelium. Um, And so it's it's like a a little... Fungus ball? um, 
Kind of. As a matter of fact, if you look up sclerodium on Wikipedia, the picture is of an ergot scl- sclerodia developing on uh, wheat. So, point so. five percent of that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's less than one percent. But you got to think, these are you're talking fungal spores here, man. In the billions, these are toxins that comprise point yeah. five half a percent of dry weight. Weight, just the toxins. Yeah, mm. it is a lot. Just, just <laughs> if it still doesn't sound like a lot, it's toxins comprising just any of it is a lot. So, <laughs> um, the chemical stability and reactivity of ergot toxins means that they can maintain influential stimulus for at least eighteen months. Oh, so this shit's around. That's probably how the beer keeps good for for a year you know like yep this stuff is made to made to survive and fuck you up son damn son i'm son uh so you know the the hospitalers of saint anthony's their treatment now they they of course they didn't cure anything they only cared for people who were afflicted by this but their treatment in addition to that crazy bone wine in addition to bone wine <laughs> Included carefully sourced food, which is like grain that they harvested, they planted, harvested themselves and made sure was good. And pigs, which they made sure didn't eat grain that was ergot infested. And then they, you know, changed out bandages and probably sang to them and prayed for them. All that, all that stuff. Like it's hospice. Right. Yeah. You're not, you're just keeping people comfortable because, and truth be told, I don't know if they, they had any option of, of. No, Cure. they didn't. The best they you didn't. can do is just make people comfortable. And and then, you know, you, you lower that mortality rate uh, and, and give them their foot on the way out the door. Like, that's a whole new meaning to giving them the boot. <laughs> <laughs> now, back to the Salem witch trials. Now, we mentioned this way at the top. There's a theory that's been put forth that the, the witch trials in Salem were started with convulsions and seizures that people had that were caused by ergotism. And this was put forth by Linda Caporeal in uh, 1976. And she uh, theorized that since the symptoms that were reported at the time included a lot of stuff that you would find with ergotism, you know, the convulsions, the diarrhea, the throwing up, the, this and that. The, the, what is it? North and South? <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, – uh, a, a climate that that was conducive to this, I guess, it was damp and cold at the time. That these all culminated in some ergot poisoning that happened, and then people attached the witchcraft. You know, they threw it on there again. Like we said in our Salem episode, there was probably some like, "I don't like this fucking family. Let's get rid of them." Yeah. So, so they're witches now. But it's been argued that mm, that that may not have been the case, just because the whole town didn't get convulsions or go dancing down you know to dorchester or something like it was only a few people exhibiting those symptoms if even that and so why didn't why didn't more people why was the number higher so i don't you know that's it's an interesting theory for sure yeah but i i I agree with you i think that just because the some of the symptoms line up there there's the question of like yeah how how is just this one girl getting affected yeah and and even as as the the Salem witch trial progressed, you know, that's still too small a number. Yeah, it's too specific. Yeah, and I don't remember a, a lot of people laying down convulsing and 
spewing, you know, everything out of their bodies throughout the trials. It was just at the top of them. It seemed like, well, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Now, while there are while there are some hallucinogenic properties to ergotism poisoning, uh, ergot does not actually contain lysergic acid diethylamide, which is LSD. Dun 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 dun. Anyway, but instead contains lysergic acid as well as its precursor ergotamine. Lysergic acid is a precursor for the synthesis of LSD. Which is how you're getting, you know, some of these hallucinogenic effects. Today in the European Union, uh, today the uh, European Union imposes a strict maximum of 0.05 percent ergot in grain for human consumption. Doesn't that seem like a lot? Well, except for, I mean, keep in mind this is Amsterdam culture. <laughs> they like that red bread flavor. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give you the slightest taste of gangrene. <laughs> oh. Just the slightest. Yeah, you can get 5% ergot in there. Point, 0.05. Point oh 0.05, yeah, you're right. Small, but... Yeah, it confuses me because you know, usually 0.05 is 5%, but yeah. Right, right. It's right. 0.05%, which is a pretty small amount. Pretty small. Still too much for me. <laughs> I don't want any <laughs> of this stuff you. happening. I don't want to lo- oh, lose a foot. I don't know. How good's the bread? Oh, red bread. Red bread redemption. Red, <laughs> red bread redemption. <laughs> Damn it! I burned it in the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> did I? Did I leave anything out, Dave? I'm sure I did. I don't think so. I think you. Uh... I found this one to be very interesting. It is. Yeah. You know, it's it's a little sciency and and strange, but you know, so was Morgellons, right? We're gonna get emails from people being like, "I had ergotism. Stop making fun of me." <laughs> oh man if you had ergotism and you still have your hands shoot us an email <laughs> right. uh, you know use your dialing wand and peck it out on the board <laughs> oh man sorry yeah too far too far yeah so i i may have left some stuff out so sorry if i did i'm sure someone will catch it and we'll clean it up in an email but uh yeah that, we'll, we'll uh, do our time in the penalty box That'll uh, that'll do it for us for ergotism in a very wretched black stinking nutshell that has part of it falling off. Oh, or or it could be a nutshell that's convulsing in in the street, twirling, always, always twirling. twirling. But you know, on the other hand, you know, it is the, what other hand? Uh, oh, nice! I can't stop. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, you know, it's, it's the only other thing that people, despite the clear danger it represents to their psyche and their physical health, just like ergotism, people love the rich flavor of puns. (laughs) I'm going to go first. All right, bring it. I hope that means that you're afraid I was going to steal it. I am. Yeah. Good. (laughs) All right. You, I'm sure you've heard of this one. Uh, a lot of our listeners have, and and a lot of our uh, uh, patrons on Patreon have heard of this disease. I think it's one that you can catch when you eat spoiled liver. Oh God, it's ermagotism, <laughs> aka Tommy's disease. <laughs> yeah, ermagotism, ermagotism. <laughs> <sighs> Got to go back to a ghost stories episode. 
and uh, the L- liver trilogy for that one. <laughs> That's right, liver tr- trilogy. Um, did you know that back in uh, medieval Europe, when people had ergotism, um, and you know, people were using the bones of uh, saints to uh, create holy herbal wines. What few people understand is that people were so desperate for this, and one was particularly useful. It, it had the highest uh, incidence of helping people out, but it didn't come from a saint. It came from a nun. Uh-oh. Whose name, yeah, her name was Nicole, but uh, people liked her so much they gave her a nickname, and every, everyone's, the best way to get cured from this was drinking Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're a monster! I am a monster. I, you, I, I think they they're still teaching this in school. I don't know, Common Core, you know. <laughs> but there was this uh, weird event in history where an American town suddenly began eating baguettes, smoking, and feeling general ennui. Oh, it, it was the Francing Plague of 1974. <laughs> <laughs> Mon Dieu! Mon Dieu! Blague. <laughs> There was a a public um, education campaign um, throughout Europe and, and in England trying to educate people on the, the threats of ergotism, what to look for, how to avoid it. And the, uh, the, the general tagline was, don't get her gut. It'll, 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 it'll get you. <laughs> I feel, I feel <laughs> like that, that's like, 50% pun, 50% reference to Flora and I's video game playing. We've been playing a lot of Battlefield 1 together lately, and our battle cry is, don't get got. Don't get got. So somebody's out there. They're, they're looking at us. Don't. If you stick your head uh, up, don't get got. I got got. get you. <laughs> yeah. It, and it always ends six seconds later with, I got got. <laughs> I got got in the gut. It was a gut got. So, yeah, that, that feeling you have. That that weird burning means them's puns. Them puns. Well, I'll tell you what, Dave. What? We have a mass of humanity dancing on our mailbag right now. And it's going for so long and so wild, it's going to cause this mailbag to collapse from all this Oh, man. Now, you might notice as we go through these that the, this particular bag of mail doesn't have the, the, the rank stench of old fungus on it. <laughs> no, because this is fresher mail because you will, you will find in the coming weeks that we have put out a mail bog. So, That's right. We have, we have done a culling. So, yeah, as you, as you hear these emails, if you feel like maybe something got missed in the middle, don't you worry, dear listener. You got got. <laughs> you got got. Also, we'll have a punny road soon. So even the ones that aren't in that mail bog episode, we'll uh, yeah. Oh man, we'll get all of those it too. So you get you're gonna get it all. Dave, we're less than a month behind with this. After after shut we the f- up, yeah. Shut the f- oh. shut up. All right. Just shut up. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. All right. I'll do that. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> what we got, Flora? Uh, let's see. Heard from Betty the Felon. Oh, Betty Felon. Oh, Black Betty Felon Lamb. <laughs> felon Lamb. Uh, sure. I guess. I guess it would be uh, Black Betty on the Lamb. On the Lamb. She's a felon. <laughs> Hi, D and D. Hi. I have a few questions. No, 
I suppose they are complaints. F***ing A. Wait, don't stop reading. Okay. I'll start by... Get out of my head! <laughs> I'll start by offering up some shameless flattery. I only Sweet. bitch because I care. Uh, right. You guys are amazing. Greatest podcasters ever. I'm a faithful believer. Now, now that that's out of the way, Dave. Having said that, I have some thoughts. Number one, where did Jeff go? Is he on vacation? We miss him. Well, I miss him. I guess I can't speak for everyone. However, the place is crawling with cobras. Someone's going to get hurt. Dave, where's Jeff? Oh, closer than you can even imagine, love. Wink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Don't worry. You're going to get your taste. Number two, I'm totally missing the sounds of voices in the last few episodes. I mean, you you got some voices this episode, whether you wanted them or not. <laughs> yeah, careful what you wish for. I mean, you throw us a sucralose every now and then, but come on. <laughs> I mean, she's she's right. We we've been pretty lax in in sound effects. That's this, true. This season, true. I feel like. Well, maybe we. What if we used them all up in season five, but we get a fresh with double our order for season six? You know what? I still have at the back of the cabinet. What? Hawk screams. <laughs> nice. A couple unused hawk screams. <laughs> uh, oh, and I totally love your Edwin. I think Sweet. it has to be my favorite voice ever. I'm always afraid to do it for more than eight seconds for fear of people just turning the podcast on. It is the, it is the bull riding of, of voices. Yeah, eight seconds. Actually, I feel like any of my voices are, are bull riders. Yours are fine. <laughs> I, think, I think yours... <laughs> Yours I, are the the barrel horses. Yours barrel riding. <laughs> the barrel racers? Yeah. Mine mine's the bull riding voices. Yeah, I just have we're such super into ones. uh we're really into um rodeo uh, <laughs> references. That's, that's what we're most into. I've also got a heifer voice that I that I like to pull out. <laughs> Sometimes I was just like hog tying a character and putting it out there. All right. Um I love listening to your show while I play Minecraft. Hey, there you go, Dave. Hey. That's a great use of podcast time. <laughs> I have to fight my kid for the Xbox, but I'm bigger and stronger. <laughs> uh, love you guys love and your podcast. And even if you leave out our old faves, I'll still listen. All the best. Whoa, Black Betty on the lamb. Lamb. Oh, Black Betty on the lamb. Thanks, Betty Felon. Thank you, Betty Felon. Got one from Cthulhu Hungers. <laughs> Uh, I was awakened in the night by the sound of thumping drums and piping flutes and ran to my window to see a bunch of punk-ass werewolves bumping and grinding on my lawn to their unholy beats and tripping on peyote. The dreaded master of their ceremonies glared at me with the gleaming rodent eyes and waved at me with a rotting hand. I knew I was looking at the most infamous of skinwalkers, the dead mouse. <laughs> Yeah. That was pretty thorough. Uh, also, in answer to your question, Dave, I have a minor in anthropology, and although it's ridiculous to apply a set of rules to every culture in the world, we love to do it, and here are the terms. Oh, sweet! A shaman! This guy is awesome. He cures your diseases with magical plants, and he can use his powers to kill annoying people in the village next door. Two, the sorcerer, a jerk-ass shaman from the, from the village next door. So really, shaman-sorcerer is sort of like a us-versus-them thing. Yeah. Uh, anytime your shaman fails to heal someone and they die, it's because that bastard put a curse on them. For this reason, shaman is a job that gets more dangerous over time. So yeah, so if uh, our shamans are their sorcerers and right. vice versa. 
And thirdly, the witch, often a woman or child, but basically someone who didn't get their shaman license because their powers come from evil lovecraftian spirits that real shamans don't deal with. They are more powerful and less powerful than shamans, whichever the situation requires. Nowadays, we just call these people doctors. (laughs) These are all technical terms. Don't forget, everybody. (laughs) Thanks, Cthulhu hungers. Thank you. So so here's an inside track for everybody. Uh, heard from Esben. It's been too long since we've heard from it, him. It sure has. This is a relatively recent email, but Esben knows how it works, Dave. <laughs> he slipped us a donation under the table before he wrote us. <laughs> and I checked, <laughs> yeah! and he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. We are for sale. <laughs> know this. We 100% can be bought. And cheaply, I might add. That's <laughs> true. Uh, he says, hi, Denmark calling. <laughs> My name is Esben. Please do not attempt a Danish accent when reading this. <laughs> well, Just listen to Lars Ulrich and you'll know why. It sounds too silly. <laughs> anyway, I am 47 years old and pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Are they related? (laughs) He's either mad because he's that old or he's drunk right now, right? Mostly because I've been a window cleaner for 25 years and Denmark is freaking cold. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) And yes, before you start boring us all again, I have been to Antarctica too, just on a visit. Why don't I know you already? Because I was there, dude. (laughs) <laughs> he also worked for three years at the American Air Force Base at Thule, Greenland. Sweet. So no stranger to ice and Americans. Um, well, let's just hang out then. I guess going to Antarctica is a bit like being with a prostitute. You can pay for going there or be the one that gets paid. And that would make you the... I'm kidding! <laughs> yeah. Tell us much more about your we time there. <laughs> you almost never mentioned it. He's going hard. He's going hard yeah, after Yeah, I love it. Uh, I have to admit you two have given me an awakening of sorts. Your humor is easily much, much better and deeper than I would ever expect from any American. Man, your bar is low. Well, no, we are we are better than virtually any other American, which just turn on the news. Pretty, pretty low bar over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the land of opportunity because it's just real easy. He, uh, he noticed a, a curse that, stu- that snuck in the palm reading episode. I uh, don't nice. know if you've been to the box for this, but I ain't no snitch, bros before hoes and all that. <laughs> I think I did go to the box for that one, didn't I? I think you did, ago. actually. I, I feel like I, mean, I, yeah. You've been you've been to the box a number of times since then, so either way, you've been in there. I don't do puns. Sorry. No, that's hey. all right. We, do, we don't do puns well, so there you go. Right. Esben has a great show suggestion, which I actually have thought uh, of before, Esben, and, and Dave and I uh, will will discuss this. It's some, yeah. it's, you know, I, I'm going to be aloof with everybody, but it is a pretty interesting one, but it also kind of toes the line with some, like, things you shouldn't talk about in bed, if that makes sense. So Mostly me, naked. Don't talk about it. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to look and see what we can make of this, Esben, but... Uh, yeah. He says, thanks for making me laugh. You're welcome. I do miss Jeff the Talking Mongoose every time he's not there. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, People are going to get paid in spades. Give my love to the Candy Chat ladies. They always give me hope for a sweeter and better world. Esben, you what, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Esben. Yeah, thanks, man. 
I'm, 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 I'm glad that you're 47 and pissed. pissed. That's the best. I wish, I hope you start all of your letters to anyone <laughs> for any reason that way. That is, that might be my favorite, like, opening part of a letter I ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Esmond. Got an email from Janelle Zabub. <laughs> she writes, imagine my chagrin listening to the Christmas episode with all its mentions of demons, babies, and babies riding demons, and not one. <clears throat> Never, baby. Not one. She's right. How did it's we not miss penalty that? box worthy? But I think it uh, best. I think you best reflect. I think it best you reflect on what you did, and a useless superpower: the ability to stop time, but only while you're stuck in traffic. Oh wow! Oh, I think I think that already happens. Doesn't time stop then? <laughs> Ride a bike into traffic. Sometimes we miss like the most obvious. Like I'm still embarrassed that we did an entire episode on King Arthur, and <laughs> yeah. never had the king arthur guy i don't know man sometimes yeah. we can't see what's right in front of our faces true it's true i think it's you should i think you should ride a by bi- a bicycle into traffic and get stuck and stop and then stop time and ride your ass out of there <laughs> no Me? does it work are you did, just, wait did you just did you I'm just trying ask to think janelle of how- did you ask janelle's above to ride a bike into traffic because that seems like a like like not into not incoming you ride I mean, it. Listen, into well, stop. You don't even know if she's from Boise. What are you? What are you doing here? What are you doing, man? How are you so good at this? <laughs> why? And why do I always? What? Why am I like walking in a fucking desert? Like, yeah, and you're like, you're like, like moving quicksand. <laughs> I don't want you to know something's wrong until I'm above your knees. Right. I am. Think quick, <laughs> uh, Thank thanks, Janelle. <laughs> Heard from Sunflower KZ. Hello, hello again, David. David, hello again. Wait, is the, is it Sunflower kills zombies? Sure, because the sunflowers in uh, what's what's the game? Uh, Plants, Plants versus, versus zombies. zombies. Well, could be. Just listening to Bullstone Twenty Two, where you guys mentioned that some people have calendar synesthesia. This is something I definitely have, and have had it since I was a baby or at least before I was taught about traditional calendars, which I think is usually in early elementary school. I always imagined the year as a giant donut shape, and throughout the year I would be standing on a different point of the donut. I seem to remember that each month used to have a different color, but I don't see them anymore. I still do see the donut, and all the months and seasons are in the same place that they have always been my whole life. I'm not super good at other calendar-related thinking exercises, like I can't tell you the day of the week based on a simple date, but I can count the months backwards simply by visualizing the donut. I always thought synesthesia was super cool and was very excited to hear that I might have it. Sunflower Woo! KZ. Very cool. Are you sure it's, it's a donut not, and not a, not a sunflower still, that, with metals? I'm still not entirely certain that's, that's synesthesia. I'm just saying. Just, oh, I'm not Dave, 100% Dave thinks, sure. I'm, Dave thinks you're crazy, sun, Sunflower KZ. Dave, <laughs> Dave thinks you're certifiable. Dave, Dave thinks you rode a bicycle into traffic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is how Dave's calling you out. <laughs> I, I will ride those rapids, sir. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Sunflower KZ. <laughs> Got an email from Travis. Uh, Travis writes, Hey, Dave and David. Hey. Hello. I'm an avid listener and have been for almost a year now. Wow. On your latest Skinwalkers episode, you mentioned that you have a setup, uh, that you have set up a secondary podcast for the archive shows. 
I drive a tow truck in Washington State, and I love to listen to your show while I work. I usually listen to your show while, with my phone using Google Play, and I can't seem to find the archive podcast anywhere on there. Any help would be much appreciated. You guys are the best and have a listener for life up in Washington. Thank you, Travis. You are righteous. Flora, fix it. Tell them what's up. And uh, tin for Travis. Let me let me check. I believe that was when I said we were on there. We hadn't gotten approved yet. I think we've been approved since then. Let me check real quick. All right. So we checked, and and they it, it is in there now. It should be live. Yep. Although, yep, yep. You know, I just you, checked it. If you have any problems, please. Uh, yep. Please we have uh, everything loaded uh, currently through episode fifteen. Yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, I uh, it was just not approved uh, yet, so it should be approved and all set up and ready to go. Boom. Uh, sorry about that little audio hiccup there, but uh, now now I'm back to my regular rich sonorous voice. And killed it. That's all the explanation you're going to get. Thank you, Travis. Yes, and thanks all of you for writing. Like I said, we've got a uh, pretty good-sized mailbag coming up pretty soon here. So, um, I mean, God, that puts us within within tactical nuclear range of oh, actually probably being closer. Yeah, yeah, probably like uh, RPG range. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, too close for comfort. Close. So we're gonna go on break. So please keep sending emails. <laughs> let's let's you know let's take a let's month back off. that off. Let's back that off a little. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for writing though. It's a blast, and I love reading them. So yeah, thank you for a great season five. Uh, I had a lot oh. of fun in this season. Yeah, of course you can you can make the season end even more spectacular if you can. Go and like our page on Facebook. If you give us yes. five stars and a great review on iTunes, let everybody else know awesome. what they're missing. What um, if we came back to 17 Hildos? Uh, it, We're like halfway there already. Possible, halfway there actually. already, almost. Yeah. So You can follow us on uh, Twitter at blurry underscore photos. You can check out mm-hmm. uh, our sister podcast, Candy Chat, at candychat.org, <laughs> at Candy Chatters on Twitter, Candy Chat mm-hmm. Facebook. It's all there. We got a pretty hot episode coming up in February. <laughs> Wink. But we have a great time with that. And of course, get yourself some merchandise from our website store. Also, uh, our blurryphotos.threadless.com store has the same shirt designs if you're international and more. Uh, yeah. You can and, and check there in the next month or so. We're working on some new designs. So hopefully, we'll have some more stuff up there soon. Maybe not as, at the moment you hear this. But right. soon. Yeah, we're thinking of thinking of lots of great stuff. Uh, don't forget audibletrial.com slash blurry photos to get yourself a free audiobook download on us. Boom. And if you want to keep that uh, membership going, keep it going. I have and man, I'm I'm plowing through some great books. Yeah. You really uh, are. You're on a you're on a gravy train with biscuit wheels for books. Yeah, I've I've Really gotten into some weird ones that are just like <laughs> weirdly That's the best educational. Ones to get into, yeah. There, it's it's like I. Next thing you know, I'm going to be like, yeah, man, I I got this uh, medical journal, and I just just started going through treatises. Uh. <laughs> weird. I know. Uh, get you know, get get yourself something fun out of that. There's plenty of weird stuff. I think that Graham Hancock's got books on there, and. Uh, pretty sure nick redfern you know all all the the big names and stuff so if you don't like it you don't have to keep it. it's 30 days yeah. up to you but you keep the audiobook so have fun with that um i don't know man what yeah. what, what else what do you want to say for the last of uh, uh two of season five um <laughs> uh, it's been a great season i'm excited to come back i i don't want to look backwards i want to look forwards 
I'm 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 already trepidatious. The next full episode we have is going to be the drinking episode. Yeah, so. and and you know what? With with our live drinking, we're gonna want to show <laughs> off. Oh God, that's the thing. So. And 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 you guys, I mean, listen, you're you're really great people, but you're gonna also ask us to drink a lot. I fucking know it. <laughs> And know it. You'd be like, chug, chug, chug. And I'm like, it's a bottle of hard liquor. Chug, chug, chug. Guys, I'll actually die. Chug, we chug. didn't oh, stutter. Do it. <laughs> you bastards. Chan it equals do it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but no, I'm excited about it. And we've got some great ideas coming up for the upcoming season. It'll so. be fun. And uh, you know what my favorite part uh, to say at the the last episode of every season? Next week on Bullstone. <laughs> <laughs> Next season, Atlantis, Alchemy. Two, three, two or three years we've been talking about Atlantis. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's got to happen. I know gotta what books happen. you're bringing with you on your uh, honeymoon there, f***er. Maybe. You know, I, <laughs> I brought an Atlantis book to Ireland and it didn't get read. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Actually, well, that's, that's to- just, you have a real fair, long flight, man. You have a to, real long flight. To be fair, it was a shitty book. I thought it was about Atlantis. It was about some guy's like vacation oh, in uh, the Mediterranean. Right. It was terrible. Yeah, that guy shafted you hard. Really did. But yeah, we'll we'll figure it out this year. I am committed to to doing those episodes. Indeed. So, anyways, for this episode and the end of season five of Blurry Photos. Mm. I have been David Florgatism. And I have been Dave, the consummate and forever friend of Boise, Idaho, Stecco. I'm your Boise boy. Now you're pandering. (laughs) You call it what you want. I just call it being a good friend. I guess that's how you might see that. You know, and that's that's just you. I don't know what I can can say to you about it. (laughs) You're a real son of a bye. (laughs) 